Chapter 16 The bracing crispness of the morning air shocked Eric's lungs the moment he stepped outside. With his first breath, fingers of cold unfurled throughout his chest, effectively chasing away all memory of the cabin's warmth. But with his second breath, a fresh, clean feeling washed over him, and he gratefully inhaled a third. He looked around the property and then up, squinting against the sun that shone high and dazzlingly bright in an azure sky. It was a glorious, timeless day. The temperature hovered above zero, and drifting clouds billowed into massive white architectures in the sky. Distant mountain peaks pierced gauzy wisps of clouds, their ragged summits having snagged the wanderers as they'd lazily drifted by. But it was the silence, punctuated only occasionally by the familiar cry of a hawk, that framed the perfection of the day. It was so quiet and so utterly still, as if the very earth had paused in its well-worn path around the sun to float peacefully for a moment and just be. He trotted down the porch stairs and trudged through the knee-high snow towards a lean-to where firewood had been piled four feet high against the back of the structure. There had to be almost two full cords of wood here, he mused, stacked two levels deep and eight feet long. He almost wished the caretaker of this property hadn't been so thoughtful and deficient. There was something oddly satisfying about hewing wood. The heavy fall of the axe as it bit into the splintering timber. The solid, cleaving sound as the wood gave way to the blade and fell away in halves. It was real, hard work. Honest, simple, rewarding. Something about the end result, too, was rewarding in its own quiet, subtle way. A fire in the hearth, warming his home. Warming Alexandra, keeping that lovely pink glow on her cheeks, and casting her in a soft, cozy light that made her look even more beautiful, even more contented, like she was happy to be his. Even if this cabin wasn't his home, even if it was heated mostly by an oil furnace tucked discreetly out of sight, and even if Alexandra wasn't really his. He felt an odd little surge of pride, knowing that at least he would keep their fire going by his effort, by the work of his muscles and the sweat of his brow, like men had been doing since time began. How could he miss something he'd never had? The thought sudden and startling, perplexed him. Because he did miss this, he thought, in an almost visceral way. He missed the simplicity of life. He missed the peace and contentment of having a home. He hadn't really had a home since his family had left Sweden nearly twenty years ago, and even at that, he'd only been a teenager then, too young and unworldly to understand what they were leaving behind. He had never known what it was to wear the mantle of a man, to care for a house, for property, for land, or for a woman. Maybe Alexandra was making him feel this way, he thought. Maybe a woman could do that to a man. His father had always said a man didn't think about making a home until he found a woman to warm it. But Eric had always thought his father a sentimental old fool still in love with his wife even after forty years of marriage. But maybe the old goat had actually been right.
Eric cast his gaze towards the gleaming pine walls of the cabin and the windows that winked in the sunlight. Even with the heavy blanket of snow that hugged the roof and all but buried the little gables over the windows, it still looked charmingly cozy and welcoming, a haven of warmth amidst the stark, cold beauty of its surroundings. He allowed himself to imagine, for just a moment, that this was indeed their home, that he and Alexandra lived together like normal people and led a normal, quiet life, lived and loved and didn't know the first thing about how dark and dangerous the world could really be. But it was only for a moment. Soon enough he brushed the little daydream aside, grimacing at his own sentimentality. Maybe his abductors had slipped some estrogen into those testosterone pellets, he thought dryly. Either that or he was simply becoming the world's biggest sap. He chose a long chunk of wood from the top of the closest pile and examined it, thinking that he should probably split the logs so they'd burn better. He set the wood down and tried to lever a rusty axe free from the upturned stump that served as a chopping block. The axe groaned and squealed, and after a mighty heave it finally came free. He examined the blade, running his thumb along the edge, and frowned. It was dull, with clusters of orange rust blooming along the edge. It looked like it hadn't been used in years, and it probably hadn't been, in fact. This whole cord had probably been reduced by a chainsaw in a few minutes flat. This axe was more of a rustic decoration now, he thought, and likely would have sat snugly in the grip of the chopping block, rusting away for years if he hadn't forced it out of there like some latter-day King Arthur prying loose his sword. Well, he wasn't going to fire up a chainsaw, that was for damn sure. He couldn't ruin the serenity of this silent day with the unholy whine of a power tool. He looked around and spied the small shed that sat about fifty yards behind the cabin. That had to be the tool shed. If he couldn't find a sharper axe in there, then maybe he'd find a grinding stone to hone this one. He gripped the handle of the axe and began to plod through the snow towards the shed. God, but it was a beautiful day. He breathed in the fresh air, enjoying the faint fragrance of pine and some other distant scent, something unique to the mountains. Something like what slate and granite and ageless fallen trees might smell like, if they could be said to smell of anything. A hawk cried as it drifted in lazy circles overhead. Eric didn't think he'd ever been in a quieter, more tranquil place. A sudden memory caught him up short. His grandmother's Sommerstuga, her cottage on the southern coast of Sweden. The cheerful red cabin with the white trim, where he'd spent many summers as a boy. He'd loved it there. Loved the woods and the lakes, and how dark it got at night, away from the lights of Stockholm. When life had been simple and pleasant. When he'd been a rebellious, mischievous teenager that drove his parents crazy. When his biggest problem had been how to swipe some Carlsbergs without getting caught. Or how to sneak out of the house at night to go make out with giggly, freckled Marianne Frolander down beneath the dock. When he'd had his whole life ahead of him, and with the unquestioning cockiness of youth, had assumed all his dreams would naturally come true. That his life would always be idyllic and easy, full of fun and laughter 
and love. God, it was hard to believe he had ever been like that. That kid was long gone now. What would have happened to him if they'd stayed in Sweden? He didn't often think about it, but for some reason the notion had occurred to him recently, and he'd found himself wondering idly what his life would have looked like if his parents had never brought him back to the States. If he'd grown up in Stockholm, done his mandatory military service before college, backpacked through Europe like every other kid his age, and then met some girl and settled down. If he'd never seen and done all the violent things that had shaped his life. If he'd never known war or loss or the staggering, breathless scope of grief. But he could hardly imagine himself in such a life and didn't feel the slightest regret about having been denied it. How could he? He probably wouldn't have suffered as much if he'd never come back here. He probably would have turned out halfway normal and lived a mild, decent, mostly contented life. But he would never have met Alexandra. And if the price for having met her was a life beset by pain and suffering and unyielding injustice, he'd pay it. Gladly. He trudged on, gazing up at the perfect blue of the sky and the billowy white clouds. It had warmed up a bit, and he could no longer see his breath when he exhaled. The sun peaked behind a drifting cloud, and then emerged again, warming his face with a pleasant, radiant heat. Smoke curled lazily from the cabin's chimney, and a clump of snow fell from the roof as he passed by. He stopped and clapped his hands together once, just to watch another clump fall from the sound vibration alone. Then all was still and quiet again. He would love to see this place in summer, he mused moving on through the heavy snow. When he could string a hammock up between two trees and just drift off to sleep under the shifting clouds. It would be heavenly. Alexandra would probably insist on sharing the hammock with him, he thought, with a wry smile. She'd probably wiggle her cute little butt in beside him and force him to cuddle. And he'd probably let her. When he got to the old slanting shed, he pried loose the creaking door, kicking enough snow aside to wedge it open. The shed was much deeper than it looked from the outside, and immediately the pungent smell of old earth and motor oil hit him, of metal and moldy wood, reminding him even more of his grandmother's place. Ancient tools and implements stood sentry against the far wall, some so rusted he feared they might crumble if he dared touch them. A hoe, a rake, some medieval-looking thing with several gnarled prongs, but no axes. He glanced around for a grinding stone or file, and his eyes fell on something at the back of the shed. It loomed in the darkness, taking up most of the back wall, half hidden by shadows but glowing blue in the shaft of sunlight slanting in from the open door. He frowned and moved towards it, setting down his axe as he stepped over fallen rakes and a loose garden hose that snaked its way across the dirt floor. It was a tarp, he realized, vivid blue, and snagged at each corner with a straining bungee cord. It covered something large and irregular, something with curves and rounded corners and a valley in the middle. 
Curious, he unhooked one of the cold, stiff bungees and cautiously drew back one corner of the crinkling tarp and froze. It was an ATV with a key in the ignition. He unhooked another bungee and pulled the tarp back on itself, exposing more of the vehicle. It was a bright red recreational model with a low-slung leather seat and large, knobby tires. It looked like it had never been used. He leaned forward and inspected the controls, his heart beginning to thump a little more loudly in his chest. If it started, if there were gas in the tank, and it started, he could take Alexandra down the mountain to town. They'd be down in less than an hour, probably, especially on a day like today. He wouldn't have to worry about leaving her alone in the cabin or risk having her follow him if he tried to walk down alone. And he wouldn't have to call Nick Sullivan at all. He could just drop Alexandra off in town and leave and just disappear and never look back. His hand actually shook a little as he turned the key in the ignition. He hesitated slightly and then pressed the starter button. The engine sputtered and coughed, but finally caught, roaring to life with a satisfying rumble. He stood, transfixed, watching the little vehicle shudder as its 200cc engine warmed up. He stood, listening to the cold engine struggle and stutter and then gradually smooth out. He just stood there until the exhaust fumes began to drift into his line of sight and made his eyes water. Then he reached over and killed the engine. For long minutes, he didn't move. He stood, gazing at it, thinking. His heart pounded and he felt himself clenching and unclenching his fists. Indecision, gnawing at him, tormenting him. If he had found this two days ago. He wouldn't have tried to walk out that night. She wouldn't have followed him and nearly frozen to death. He wouldn't have spent two days alone with her, talking to her, laughing with her, gradually losing the war against his own desire for her, his own desperate need. And he wouldn't have had sex with her. The most incredible, most soul-wrenching sex he'd ever had in his life. If he had found this two days ago. He grabbed the edge of the tarp and threw it back over the machine, tucking it back in the way he had found it and refastening the bungees. He left the shed and banged the door shut and started resolutely back towards the cabin and saw her, Alexandra, lying lifeless in the snow. <laughs>